If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. The IG report was all over the news this week, but I haven't heard anyone talk about what it really means to us. Total information lockdown. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Always telling you about the stories I think have the greatest implications for our rights, protections, our liberties going forward. And this week, it's the IG report, which I I find it almost impossible to follow these stories because the way they're reported in the mainstream news, on the cable news, both sides, is just all personality and partisanship and infighting. And she said, he said, it's all drama and in my opinion, a deliberate diversion from the real implications of the agenda and the policies these things lead to. I'm going to get into that, but first I want to uh, wish a happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there. A couple of uh, groups I want to uh, ask for a little special attention, maybe a special little prayer for all the soldiers who died in service of our country without uh, living long enough to have children. So whatever you think about the wars, I'm not a big fan of war, <laughs> unless, unless you can see them invading. Uh, but, but these guys went for the right reasons, and uh, there's nobody there to think of them on Father's Day. So I think they are our fathers. I always like to remember them. And another group I've never noticed before this and I and they're the ones I see the most are the dads of disabled kids I my son has down syndrome so I see these guys a lot but uh when your kid has a serious disability a physical handicap or um emotional mental it takes a lot of work and sometimes a lot of physical work and and these guys do the heavy lifting Physically, emotionally, a lot of times for a stressed out family, financially, the stuff does cost a lot. And I'll tell you, I complain all the time. I complain on the air. But these guys, I can't think of a single time when one of those guys complained. And uh, I just feel like it's worth toasting them. And I actually just posted a Father's Day cocktail, the Hawaiian Smile. It's super duper delicious on PropagandaReportDaily.com. Uh, one is actually enough. It's so delicious. You can just sip it slow and uh, enjoy it in moderation. Uh, but I, I also would, of course, and plan to toast all the dads, all the good dads who humbly recognize how important they are to their families and live up to that responsibility. Just being there, just uh, the male influence, the dad is, you know, a lot of people don't have it. And the people who do uh, really benefit from it. I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that. So 
um, a toast to you dads on this Father's Day weekend. And, uh, and let's turn our attention to what we're here for, which is what are the, what's going on in the here and now that we need to scratch the surface on a little bit just to see, um, there was, uh, there's a concept I worked on the nine eleven, the, um, Covenant House nine line, which was like a, I think it was a suicide hotline, but a lot of the kids who called weren't that stressed out. But we were taught one thing, that the presenting issue, the issue that you're told, like what the person calls, is never, ever the actual real issue. If they if they were that open with it, they probably wouldn't have to call you anonymously. Like they, it's always something else. And that's how I look at the news. That's what I think is, goes on with the mainstream media narrative. That it's there, not just as a presenting issue that will reveal itself for the underlying agenda, but it's really a diversion, a mask that is meant to stay on. So when, when the kids called on the nine line, we were supposed to bust through, help them uh, peel away the presenting issue to what the real issue was. You're never getting that. I'm trying to do that now. But but when I see this uh, in, uh, Inspector General report about Comey's Clinton email investigation and it's hundreds of pages, hard to get through. It it says there's no bias, but of course it's riddled with bias. If you've if you've been following the news all week, you know what I'm talking about. But the upshot, even if you haven't been, is that uh you know, the the inspector general made Comey look bad. He did some stupid things. He was insubordinate. Uh, he screwed things up. It had an impact. But what I focused on, and it just leapt out at me when I got to it, was the recommendations the inter- the inspector general made and the current FBI director Ray picked up on. It's not as stark as uh, I'm going to make it for you, but if you just look at it in the context of what I'm about to tell you, you'll see. I feel like what the recommendations have three big goals here. One, the whole story generally, I think, is meant to have a chilling effect. We communicate with each other electronically. Uh, both named and unnamed FBI agents communicated with each other in in at, on work messaging systems. They said they just didn't think too hard about that it would you know, this could come to light, but they're there. What they obviously, you know, the way it's presented thought were private are, is all over the news. So I'll tell you, I think about that when I'm texting just on my own personal phone to my kids. I'm like, you know, would you want this on the front page of the news? It's very chilling. Um, I think that's an oh, pervasive goal for this kind of thing is to chill us. So we can't really communicate in any way that doesn't pass kind of PC muster. But the more important things are that uh, these these recommendations are meant to stifle leaks. That's what they say. They don't want information leaking. It's got media protocols and all this. Now, one man's leak is another man's whistleblower. So if you, you know, you can say it's leaks, but, but at what point, Anytime you read about false flags or behind the scenes stuff, Barry Seal or Iran Contra or whatever, you'll see there's like good guys and bad guys within the agencies, within the FBI, within the CIA. Usually the bad guys are actually not not the predominant amount. So the good guys, if they get wind of what the bad guys are up to, 
lot of times they want to blow the whistle and we want them to because this stuff is not scrutinized. They can violate our rights and privileges and all this kind of stuff. And you don't see it like the Michael Cohn warrant. He got over a million documents confiscated, and I, for one, have not seen that warrant. If anybody's seen it, if it's come up since the last time I searched for it, let me know. But we should, somebody should leak that warrant so we can see, because it seems impossible that that uh, is a valid warrant with that kind of broad scope. We want, we want whistleblowers to keep these secret uh, machinations you know, in line. And another thing that it's doing is it's really concentrating power at the top, which I noticed in January 2017, inauguration month, Trump said, oh, I'm going to concentrate the power at the top of these intelligence agencies. He said, make it smaller, whatever. But I just saw a concentration at the top. And these recommendations say kind of take away any kind of discretion down the chain of command to discuss things that always has to be run up the flagpole. That's uh that's a that is a stepping stone to this kind of totalitarianism. Now you can say I'm an alarmist, but I am just pointing out that this is something that's been on my radar for years. It started with the Obama Insider Threat Program, uh, which came out of or was hand in hand with uh, a guy named Donald Sockleben, an FBI agent who worked on the Oklahoma City World Trade Center '93, World Trade Center '01 the Unabomber, all things that had some insider backstory. He blew the whistle on the under the second underwear bomber who was a British intelligence agent. So this guy has seen a lot of people get hurt um, in projects that had false flag implications. And he went to jail for kiddie porn that supposedly he did on his FBI computer. So I'm just saying they don't want to have to bust everybody on kitty porn. They want to bust you just for saying, hey, man, no more false flags. They want to crack down. And, and so I'm not just saying this report is making me think that. This report fits a pattern that's been going on for years, and it has implications. That's a lot to say. Um, and we can spend this whole time uh, teasing it out. I'll, I, you, I want your opinions, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. My producer, Binkley, here is always ready with the research and the clips and the tweets and the opinions. So, Binkley, do you have a tweet for us to launch the uh, conversation? I do. I have one from EGO who says, Transparency should be the default. National security has been abused and overused to the point that it almost has no meaning. Corruption is the primary failure of government we're of the government we're experiencing. So for now, we need more leaks, not less. Okay, right. So he's that's such a great. Uh, I might I might make you read that again at some point. Yes, the real problem is corruption. It's the real problem is overreach. The real problem is that our rights and privileges, protections, not privileges, are being eroded. We, yes, the real solution we need right now is whistleblowing, not um, lockdown on information so that our extra legal activities that cause problems in other regions of the world or um, create crises so that domestic policy will change not in our favor. That kind of stuff needs to be exposed. That is the problem we're dealing with right now. So let that launch the conversation. What's your opinion? 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB.
We are talking about the Inspector General report that makes Comey look like some kind of a clown and FBI agents as partisan babies. But there's a real upshot there. There's a there. I think this is all part of a multi-year effort to really crack down on uh on information coming out of the government. And Binkley, we at, at the break, we were talking about, you've noticed uh, a broader pattern that I'm talking about with the leaks. What's your observation? Well, they could be trying to nullify the quality leaks in and of themselves because a lot of the leaks that come out are like, the president said a swear word or an aide made a joke about John McCain. They're inconsequential and stupid. Yes, uh, there is a lot of that. And I would say, I mean, it's it's big. Like, so you have really important leaks. You have classified information, all that kind of stuff. Every, from the, the Clinton email thing, the servers, to um, stuff that's said in the Oval Office, all that. And, and I, my interpretation is by making this such a huge problem, they can uh, implement zero tolerance zero tolerance for any information leaving hermetically seal the government from the people but that's the opposite of what we want I yeah. mean, in my opinion unless you're actually getting invaded you know our our military activity isn't even um defensive so there's just and and most of the covert stuff that we do actually is illegal and and violates other people's sovereignty so the stuff that's being uh, argued under the national security state that everything needs everything needs to be secret everything is a threat to national security well i would say the stuff they're keeping secret is the threat to national security that it's a threat to national security that they're doing it and if it were threatened to be exposed we would actually be safer if they stopped doing it we would actually be safer uh, and I feel like these guys work for me. I should be able to read their texts and all that. They shouldn't be able to read mine because I don't work for them. But they sh- I should know what's going on with these people. What's going on in the Oval Office? There's no, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, Trump or any president doesn't own, you know, the country doesn't own the government. So I think it's important to suss out what should and should not be transparent in government. So let's keep that conversation going 800 WSB talk you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show Monica Perez I love listening to your show and the voice of reason that you bring on news 955 at AM 750 WSB I'm the libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6 we're talking about the inspector general's report that talks about how Comey handed handled the Clinton email probe his announcements, uh, unauthorized, stepping outside the chain of command, leaking things. And I actually see all of that stuff playing into a narrative that's been underway for several years, uh, certainly throughout the entire second administration of Obama and ever since, that they want to demonstrate the need to crack down on leaks and they want to make sure the power of the intelligence agency agencies is firmly planted at the top and all of this means that our most uh the agencies that have the least transparency and pose the greatest threat to our civil liberties our rights our privacy are the ones that are going to have the 
least transparency probably do already and that's only going to get worse and that most of this legislation or most of these policy changes to me will be designed to make sure there are no whistleblowers so that when you say there are good guys inside these organizations and there are and i think it's the vast majority of them when they, if they catch wind of something that's not cool they cannot do anything about it and that's the problem and and uh i think the this story is playing into making that worse so uh from that i want to hear what you have to say 800 wsb talk or at monica perez show binkley my producer here to uh provide some much appreciated perspective since you do tolerate monitoring a lot of the uh, super far left-wing stuff that that comes out a lot of the propaganda the um movements that are emerging and i appreciate that and also to read some tweets so what you got well i have a i have a text message from i think it's peter struck to lisa page that reads, Viva la resistance. Funny. I get that. Because I I know that you monitor the resistance, actually, because the resistance is now like Keith Oberman, right? Like, didn't he? He was for a while. When do you remember that expression emerging? In this context... I don't know, earlier in 2007, Women's March. Post-inauguration, right? Yeah. This stuff is all pre-election. And I'll tell you, I remember distinctly when they started calling it the resistance, I was absolutely annoyed because I, we were the resistance. I remember I named a podcast when Obama begged, people don't remember this, begged to drop to shoot Tomahawk missiles into Damascus. So this, don't forget people, the foreign policy is the same. It's just the excuses are different. He was begging for it and he did not, they, did, they didn't even bring it to a vote because they knew he was gonna lose the way they lost in Britain. And I named the podcast of that event, the first victory for the resistance because we were the resistance of big government. And I and I noted that to call a resistance, uh, far left big government people like Olbermann, what the resistance is what more government like how it doesn't even make sense to call that the resistance so i remember <laughs> when they kind of hijacked that term annoyed me it makes people think they're you know fighting this communist revolution but they just are fighting to restore the communism that we already have uh so i this is the kind of stuff that makes me a little suspicious that all these text messages that we're being shown, especially the anonymous ones, Agent 1 said to Agent 2, you know, boo, I hate Donald Trump. Like, come on. I mean, maybe, maybe on a work thing. I'm just saying I am going to, uh, I'm not 100% convinced all that stuff really were texts that were sent in real time as we're told. I don't know. I think this whole narrative is being used if not, if not crafted, then at least manipulated. But I want to hear what uh, y'all have to say. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. I'm going to Ken in Atlanta. Ken, you're on with Monica. Yes. Hi. It's great to be able to talk to you. Uh, the funny thing about all of this stuff is, I was just telling your your screener 
you know, um, all the way back to President Kennedy warned of this stuff. He told us that there were people that were in power that were just trying to take over and do things. And they took care of him the harsh way. Um, and ever since then, it seems like it's, it's gotten step by step. Those who try to, to tell anything, where's Julian Assange? What happened to him? Edward Snowden. They, they proved pretty much that, you know, Bradley Manning, hey, you want to come out with something, it doesn't matter what it is, we're going to find a way. We're going to disappear scientists. We're going to, you're going to have a little wreck somewhere. And how you go about changing that, I'm not sure, because we live in the lower 60% of, of knowledge here in this country. The other 40%, there's a few people who catch it. We never get it. We get trickles and, and groves here and there, but yeah, it's, it's only what they want us to see. They throw someone out once in a while as a scapegoat. You know, here, here, take a bad guy. Here, there are three people. And then after that, you, you hear nothing else and they go about business as usual. And sometimes, Maybe. yeah, sometimes I think like the people that you're mentioning, I really don't know and a lot of good information or a lot of damaging information comes out from those sources that I feel like. It's possible that we get these people, um, get some airtime, get some um, uh, PR so that we think that there are still whistleblowers, so that we think that we really do have a choice. So when Edward Snowden came out, he said, I want to make sure that there's a conversation here about the trade-off between security and liberty. And yeah, there's a conversation, but actually the things that he complained about being illegal were were codified in the USA Freedom Act. So what he did was usher in a new era where this um, violations of privacy are out in the open, and then you just get used to it. So I really, I really wonder what we can yeah. do. You know? Unless we find a way to defund them, I mean, I mean, it has to be a groundswell problem. You know, that's the problem is trying to groundswell out and get rid of the people that are in the Congress, get rid of those, and actually be able to affect their paycheck. That's about it. Yeah, I'm thinking hard about. Um, you know, that's why I like what Garland Favrito at Voter GA is doing. Like he's addressing election integrity. I actually think. You know, I get pretty hopeless, but I think that there are things we can we can do still. And I want to a little bit later. I want to play a clip. You said something about the American public not having information. I actually think that we are extremely low information. We're very vulnerable to propaganda because we were nurtured on the idea that we have the freest press in the world. So we we believe that you can that libel suits and slander and all that kind of stuff are like swift and just. And we just think people could not get away with wholesale fabrication, whereas in a lot of other countries, they they know, they grew up knowing that the state owned the press. I mean, it, you just can't get around that as, as um, meaning that the press is biased. So other, other populations are more skeptical, and I think because of that, they kind of demand a more realistic narrative, which makes it slows the propaganda down a little bit. And, uh, and that's why I think they're cracking down on our information here. They don't want us to open our minds to that stuff, but I do, I feel like we have to have hope. We, we have to rely on these whistleblowers to give us information. We have to really look at our elections and make sure that there's true integrity and don't just fall for the, uh, the narrative. Oh, Russia did it. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I want to see, I want paper ballots in a shoebox, and I want to watch them go into the shoebox. I want to walk with them to the you know city hall, and I want to watch them be counted. 
and I don't care who's trying to mess with it. Let's just um, restore some integrity. I'm going to go to Shelly in Atlanta. Shelly, you're on with Monica. Hi. Um, I was just calling because I, I think that uh, something that you might be not thinking about, not considering when you want all, like, just free access to everything the government's doing all the time, unless we're at war, is the idea that um, there, we can't limit it to Americans. Yeah, Americans should have the right to know, because we hired them and everything like that, but we can't limit it to, you know, information just to us. So in negotiations well, what information or are you worried defense, about? What information are you worried about? I'll give you an example. Um, before World War II, before Pearl, Pearl Harbor, a few years before, a uh, military, uh, I think it was a naval officer or something, was worried that it was vulnerable to air attack. And so he took bags of flour and simulated what could happen to try and get, um, you know, people on his side to do more aircraft carriers and this, that, and the other. Um, and no one paid attention to him. But then Japan literally stole his, his playbook and a few years later hit Pearl Harbor. It just when he said it was going to happen. But why do we have um, these enemies? Why do we see enemies everywhere? What What do you think this this constant state of enemy military fear comes from? Well, it's not just defense too, but in negotiations, you can't put all of your cards on but the table before you what? go to negotiations. Why do we have to negotiate? We're not a company. Well. No, the government has to negotiate with other countries all the time, whether it's trade or nuclear with North Korea, like but the denuclearized see, North Korea. I don't agree with that. I think that we should have free trade. The government is not our CEO. It's not a company. We have no. – they should stay out of the economy, and there's no reason other countries should not be able to defend themselves. We're the only country who ever used nukes. No, I'm, I'm saying that uh, – you're right. Like free trade. That's I'm totally all about that. Except we have to have negotiate ability to negotiate that China doesn't only export to us, and we get to export to them too. Or right. China and, and the U.S. Every relationship on the planet. China and the U.S. are the biggest exporters in the world. We export plenty. Uh -huh. They export plenty. If they want to uh -huh. give us. Every single thing we need for half the price of what we can do it ourselves, we should take that deal. And, and free trade will... They shouldn't be able to steal to intellectual property. They shouldn't be able to steal intellectual property. But I'm and not then sure intellectual property is actually property. You know what I'm saying? No, like if, why, you if you go to the research out, and development to come up with something, I, I mean, then you're then you spend all of the work doing it, you spend all the money to do it, and then they turn around and just take the product, reverse engineer it, and they don't have any of the costs so that you have to come up with that. Our government should go around policing the world so that others don't reverse engineer things that we release out to them. No, we should have uh, the ability to negotiate uh, with other countries' governments to make sure that they protect our intellectual See, property I, I, and that we, they don't let that happen. You and I have a f totally fundamentally different view of the role of government. And the idea of intellectual property is actually kind of the last domino to fall when you're thinking of a truly free society. Stefan Kinsella can really bring it home for you. If you're spending a lot of money on R&D, then you have to think about, uh, you know, you have to just use it to sell products quickly as a first mover, that's your advantage. And I don't think that it is the 
obligation of the government to follow your ideas around the world or their governments to make sure that people don't do what they want with the stuff they buy. And, uh, you know, it's just a different world. It's just a different worldview. You think, well, this is the way the world is, so this is how we have to preserve it. And I'm saying we create the necessity for all these apparatuses when we stop thinking of markets as free and um, and think of ourselves as free actors. We would have a safer, more prosperous, less cumbersome world if we did it my way. And that's why we need all these secrets and all these structures because we want to control everything. And, uh, and we really don't have even the constitutional right to do that. Give me a call. I'm sure people are going to want to talk about that. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Talking about this uh, true purpose of the IG report, which in my opinion is to uh, lock down all the information in our government. And I'm going to go to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Eric in Marietta. Hi, Eric. You're on with Monica. Good afternoon, and I hope you're doing well today. Um, I wanted to make a comment on the lady that, that uh, you were talking to just before the break uh, about the government protecting our information. And I think she has the right idea, but I think she's kind of pointing in the wrong direction as I feel the government is responsible and I would hope to think that it wasn't on intentionally but I think overregulation, excessive taxes and stuff like that when you're a company and you're trying to make a product you want to manufacture it of course you want quality but you want to manufacture it as, as cheaply as possible also because you want to increase or you know maximize your profit margin if it's not practical to do it here in the United States, or I should say financially, but, you know, then you do it someplace else. And uh, while we were on break, I thought about something. Uh, I'm a photographer, and this happened years and years and years ago. Uh, there's a company called Vivitar that makes lenses and camera stuff, and uh, they developed a line Hold of on, lenses. Eric, called- I'm going to let you, if you can hang on through the break, I'm going to let you finish your story on the other end of the commercial, Okay. Okay. Can you hang on? All right. Uh, And I'm also going to tell you guys the stuff I found out about Mueller. Just incident after incident. This guy is bad news. Coming up after the break, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show or call 800-WSB-TALK. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.